wonderful day to praise God and to worship him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to, to deliver a message from your word and to guide and have you understand and bring the understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're not going to go on the story of Noah today. Poor Noah's been stuck getting ready to get on his boat for three weeks now, but uh, I wanted to look at today, and I'm going to talk about what is baptism, all right? And in the process, we'll talk about what baptism is not, all right? Because there's a lot of misconfusion out there about what baptism is. All right, uh, so we're, I'm going to read three different, ver uh, four different verses from four different places. I purposely picked these ones out because they are the ones that people use to give the false teachings to what baptism is. So I picked them out on purpose. There's lots and lots of verses about baptism. So we're just going to read these real quick. First one is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it says, and Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto you in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve, observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. And then in Mark chapter 16, starting at verse 15. And he said, this is Jesus, Go unto all the ends of the earth and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And then we're going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. Now when they had heard this, this is Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. And then we go to Acts 22, and starting at verse 15, this is Paul giving his conversion testimony. And it says, For you shall, in verse 15, And you shall be his witness unto all men that you have seen and heard, and now why tarry you arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. We're looking at this because these verses are used to give you the wrong impressions of baptism a lot, and we're going to break these, some of these down and actually teach what they say. First off, what is baptism? Baptism is to be submerged into something, all right? In the, in the Greek, it pictures something being submerged into something and staying there. We are actually baptized inside first. The Holy Spirit comes into us when we accept Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us, and he puts himself around us, and we are baptized, and we are changed by the Holy Spirit's work. Just as the first song, consume me from the inside out. I do not get to be a better Christian from the outside in. I don't go out and do works and get better. God changes who I am on the inside, and because he's changing me on the inside and making me a better person and crucifying my flesh on the inside, I become a better person. So true baptism is the change that happens inside. All right? The Holy Spirit comes in and changes my life. So when you are saved, you know you're saved. There's not a question in your mind you're saved because you're being changed. 
Right? We are told that when we become a Christian, we are a brand new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, does it happen overnight? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> but, you know, I've said over and over again, something, when you get saved, something in your life should have changed. There should be something you can point to and say, I am new. It might just be as simple as the burden of your sin being lifted off you because usually that's what drives us to God in the first place. I am so sick of being guilty about my sin that I go to God. And he lifts that burden off, and that's a big change. That's a big change, but hopefully there's something else. When I got saved, God took a temper away from me. Does that mean I never get mad at anybody anymore? No, but you, you all didn't want to see me back then. I was just an angry person all the time, looking for somebody to give me a reason to get, get mean and nasty. What has God changed in your life to say, I am different because he came in? Now, the simplistic thing that will be told to you that baptism is, it's an outward, sign, an outward sign of an inward change. And that is a true statement. It's an outward sign of what has already happened to me inside. The question is, what is it that has happened to you inside? And this is what I'm saying right from the very beginning. The Holy Spirit came inside you and is changing you. He's crucifying your flesh. He's changing who you are. Now, there are people that will tell you that you need to be saved to go to heaven. And they will point to something just like what Jesus said. Go teach, make disciples, and baptize. And they'll see, Jesus said you've got to be baptized. They'll point to Peter at the Pentecost saying, repent and be baptized. Now, and these are very interesting for us to understand because we as Gentiles don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> because the Jews had baptism for a long time. They've had it forever. When somebody became a proselyte, and that means they stopped being a Gentile and became a Jew, they would first go out and study the Torah. They would agree to, to, to follow those lessons. And then they would be baptized. And baptism, even in those days, had the same picture that we have, the death and burial of your thoughts and what they were going. You're, bear, you're, being, you're dying to your beliefs as a Gentile, and you're living to your beliefs and following of Judaism. One thing you will notice in the Bible, in the New Testament, over and over again, they would ask somebody, in whose name were you baptized? Now, we just read over that, and we don't even think about what that means, but it meant something to them, because even if you changed teachers, you would be rebaptized in, in Judaism. You were following Rabbi Bar Simon over here, and he taught certain things, and you decided that Rabbi John over here taught better things, and you agreed more with them. You would go and get baptized. You'd say, I want to follow you, and you'd get baptized in the name of Rabbi Bar, Bar Jonah or whatever name I said in the first place, <laughs> and say, I'm dying to the old teacher's way of thinking. I'm living to a new way of teach thinking. So when they were saying, repent, this is what Peter said, repent. Repentance is what brought salvation. I repent. I turn from my sins. I'm telling God I'm, I'm sorry for doing them. I do not want to do them anymore. And I turn to Jesus, and I accept that gift of salvation. And then he says, now be baptized. He was talking to Jews at that point in time on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem where a lot of Jews there for Pentecost and they knew exactly what he was saying. When he said repent, they knew what repent was. And when he says be baptized, 
They knew that it meant to die to your old way of thinking and come to a new way of thinking. So we look at this, and he wasn't saying repent and be baptized, and you had to be baptized to be going to heaven. He was saying follow the step. It's a commitment. When we get baptized, we are making an outward commitment to people saying, I'm dying to my old way of life. I'm dying to the ways of the world. I'm dying to thinking like the world, and I'm going to live the way Jesus teaches. Now, that's going to be something that will take us the rest of our life to do. Now, it is really wonderful. So it would be so wonderful if when the moment you got saved, you became what God says you are. All right? The moment you get saved, God says you are perfect. He says from the court of room of heaven, he justifies us and says you are perfect. It would, be perf it would be so wonderful if that was true in reality. But because God's outside of time, he really means it. He doesn't even see all that change. He says, that's my child, they're perfect. Because he sees us what we will be. There will come a time when we will either die or go in from the rapture, and we will be what God says we are. And we will be perfect. Now, I want to tell you all right now, being perfect in this world is probably not something you want to do anyway, because what did they do to Jesus? They attacked him all the time and put him on a cross. So being perfect even in this world is not everything that we would crack, you know, think it would be, but it sure would like to be closer. You know, but because he changes us, the next step of salvation for us is sanctification. The Holy Spirit comes into us. He starts crucifying our flesh. He starts crucifying our desires and making us more like him. And I don't know how many of you it's true of. I know it's true for me. I just find myself becoming more like him with each passing day. I'm never going to be like him, obviously, and you're never going to be like him completely. But hopefully you have noticed yourself becoming more loving, more forgiving, more kind. You know, you'll look back and say, wow, I said that I was that kind to somebody? I would have never done that in the past. <laughs> I, I'd normally take their head off for saying something like that, and now I, I turned around. Maybe I liked it. Maybe I chewed him out, but I, wasn't, I didn't get physical. Yeah. We grow with him with each passing day because the Holy Spirit is inside changing us. And this is something that we want to come in. And there, believe me, there are lots of churches that teach that you must be baptized if, if you're going to go to heaven, which means Jesus lied to the thief on the cross because he told the thief on the cross, this day you will be with me in paradise. And if you had to be baptized, that poor thief had not been baptized. He died on that cross. So we know that baptism isn't a requirement to go to heaven. Now, is it a requirement to be a Christian? No. But if you're following him, you're going to desire to show others what has happened to you. All right? I really do think that every Christian, if at all possible, should be baptized. Because it's that outward expression of what's coming in. It's that outward statement that I have a changed life and I'm making a commitment before others that I'm going to live that life. Now, it was really great in, in Jesus' time they got baptized in the rivers. Well, when I got baptized, I got baptized in the Atlantic Ocean. When we lived in Guam, people got baptized in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> you know, or when I've been in other places, We've baptized in the You know, the best thing about doing a public activity on baptism is it's not just the church seeing your commitment. It's the world seeing that commitment. It's a wonderful thing. 
if we had a river nearby, I probably would say, let's go to the river. But the river's an hour away. <laughs> and, well, it's far enough <laughs> to try to get the whole church to go to. <laughs> um, so, but you know, doing a public expression of faith like that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, people have said, well, do I have to get baptized more than once? Well, that depends on what baptism meant to you the first time. Are you following Jesus? Did you make that commitment? If that's enough, you're fine. Because, again, in the scriptures, they asked, whose name would you be baptized in? If they answered in the name of Jesus Christ, well, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, because we're told to baptize in both those names, and they're, they're both the same thing. Don't get, I've had somebody tell me, because one time I, I baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and another time I baptized in the name of Jesus, and I had somebody get irate on both times. There's verses that talk to both, and they're both the same thing. Jesus and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, so it really doesn't matter. But whose name have you been baptized? In the name of God. If you've been baptized in his name, I'm agreeing to obey him, you're fine. Most of the time when they baptized, they were baptized in the name of John. What was John's gospel? Repent. Repent. He didn't understand anything else beyond that. He baptized into repentance, and people flocked to him. He was not the first person that ever baptized in all of Israel. He just had his message, and he baptized people and into the doctrine of repentance. So the first statement is, if you hear people say you must be baptized to be saved, not a, not a true statement. Note that on most of these verses I read, and if you go back and read them again on your, on your own, all of them said, teach and baptize, repent and be baptized. There are steps that he's saying you're going to walk through. Baptism is important. Don't get me wrong. I really believe in baptism. Otherwise, I wouldn't have got baptized and I wouldn't be baptizing. It's something that's important because it shows people that you have made a decision to follow God. But your decision is internal and between you and God in the long run. But you know, as a Christian, we should be telling people about our Christianity. I have heard people go, well, I follow God and it's a private thing between me and God. I don't, I don't want to tell anybody else about it. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not going to push it on anybody. And, and that sounds really good. It really sounds like a great idea. The only problem is Jesus says, go and teach and preach. Share the gospel. Because yes, it is a personal decision. It is a real personal decision. It determines where you will spend eternity. But if you take that attitude that it's just between me and God and I don't want to push it on everybody else, you are basically saying, I'm, I'm all good, I'm going to heaven, everybody else can go to hell, and I don't care. And I hope that's not anybody's attitude in our church. We need to share the gospel. If you're not good with words, grab a bunch of the tracts and pass them out. It's an amazing thing. If you start passing out tracts, you know what's going to happen eventually? Eventually, somebody's going to ask you a question, and you're going to have to talk. And then when you start learning to talk, it gets easier and easier to go. It's just like anything else. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And, and you know, this church does an amazing job. We buy, like, not counting the parade, we buy about 500 tracks a year, and this small group passes almost all those tracks out every year. We do a good job passing out tracks. Now, how many people are getting saved? I don't know. Nobody's ever called the church and told us they got saved because of the track, but God knows. Just know that it is so important. Just because you have your ticket to heaven does not mean you don't want everybody else to go to heaven. You are not going to fill up heaven. It has got infinite space up there in heaven to fill. 
And you might just hope the return comes because we're all waiting for the time when Jesus and the Father says, okay, last person saved, let's go get, Jesus, go get your bride. Jesus is waiting. Even now, he's waiting for the Father to tell him to go get his bride, the church, and, and come to the end days. So we want to share. We need to share. I hope you need to share. I have to tell people what happened to me. I love telling people about God bringing peace into their life. God being the answer. Because too many people are out there thinking, well, if I just do enough good things, God will accept me. I don't know how many of you are in that, in that boat where I hear the testimony over and over again. I felt really bad about what I'm doing, and I just figured I'd go change my life and do a lot of good things and try to earn, earn, earn God's pleasure. We can't do it because for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin, singular, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Eventually, to be saved, we must recognize that no matter how much good I do, it's not enough. Which is why salvation cannot be, uh, uh, baptism cannot be part of salvation. Because that's an act of work. S we are saved by grace. You know, people go, well, I give lots of money to the church. Well, that's wonderful. The church really needs your money and it will be used real well by the church, but it's not going to get you to heaven. I come to church every time the doors are open. That's wonderful. We, we really appreciate your, your attendance but, and your hearing the word of God, but it's not going to get you to heaven. I give lots of money to, to feed the poor. Wonderful. The poor, the poor really appreciate it, but it's not going to get you into heaven. Now, are all those things really good things, and should we be doing them as Christians, obviously? If you're a Christian, you should be coming to church to fellowship with the body. You should be giving your tithes and offerings. You should be helping out the, the poor and needy. But we don't do it to get to heaven. We do it because we are going to heaven. And we're just giving God back part of what he has given us. The other thing people will talk about is the idea that is talked about in Paul's uh, section there. It said, be baptized and wash their sins away for the remission of sin. So people will go, you've got to go get baptized so your sins will be washed away. Well, that is not what they're talking about again because you've got to look at the audience that Paul is talking to. And if you read that verse in context, he's talking to Jews and he's talking to them in Hebrew. So he's talking to them in their language to Jews. So what was he talking about when he said, be washed? He was going back to the Old Testament. When the priest would serve God, they had to offer a sacrifice and be washed before they could serve God. So he's pointing out to the Jews that they had to be cleansed, not just spiritually, but physically. But he's referring them to what they already knew. The leper, when a leper would be healed, they were to go offer a sacrifice, and they were to take a bath in, the, in, with the, in front of the priest so that they would symbolize, again, what had happened internally. Again, it was an, an external show of what had already happened. So do not get into this thinking of when you get baptized so that I can be saved, or that my sins are being washed away, because that's what Jesus did on the cross. Anything else becomes works. And if anything sounds like works in your life, it is. If you're doing something just because you feel you must do something, it's works. And it's not what God is asking you to do. Now, it's not saying it's bad. I like everybody coming to church. I like seeing this place full. 
But if you're coming here just because you feel you must come here to make brownie points with God, you're wasting time. Now, you're going to come, you're going to hear the gospel message, you're going to hear God talked about, you're going to get nice, nice, wonderful people to talk to you and love you and be kind to you. It's a wonderful place to be, but it's not going to get you into heaven. Yeah. And this is something we as Christians have to get in mind. Most of us realize, and hopefully if you are saved, you know, you're saved because what Jesus did on the cross. He took all of the sin of the entire world upon him at the cross. There is only one thing that will send somebody into hell, and that's to reject the gift of Jesus Christ. And there's only one thing that will get us into heaven, and that's to accept the gift of Jesus Christ. After that, we are considered perfect. Now, God says there's going to be rewards, and we don't know what rewards are in heaven. We don't know whether, anything about that. All I know is that I want to serve God and let him work through me so that I can get rewards. Because I've said over and over, I love God's plan because what human beings want to do, they always like other people to do the work and they get the reward. But God's plan is, we just let him get out of the way, let him do the work, and he gives us a reward. Imagine how Satan has lied to people. Do you realize that God, Satan takes everything God says and turns into a lie to people? God says, I'm going to do the work and I'm going to reward you, and Satan says, I'll just get other people to do the work for you and, and be rewarded. But it's the wrong person. He says, let other people do your work, and you take advantage of them. God says, you're not taking advantage of me because I already told you I want to do this. You know, I've said many times, that God is amazing to me. I think he made probably the worst deal in, ever, in all of history. He went to the cross to die so that we could go to heaven. Now, what he gets out of it, I don't know. He's got to be getting something that he wants. He gets us. But by the same token, I know me, and that's not a great bargain. <laughs> you know, and you're probably in the same place. I know that I'm not a great, great catch for God to have, and yet he died on the cross for me. And for every single person alive, if there was just one person on this world that needed him to die, he would have died for them. Because we talk about him dying on the cross for the world, and it's kind of interesting, it's, it's wonderful. But you know, we need to personalize it. He died on the cross for me and for you, individually. That was the whole purpose of his coming. And he was said that he was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit got together before anything had been created, said we're going to create the world, we're going to create man, they're going to sin, and Jesus, will you die for them? And he said, yes, Father, I will. As soon as he said yes, the Father looked at him as a lamb slain. Because he was because he was God. He would not turn away and not do what he said he would do. Now, we as human beings have a big problem. Some of us are better at it than others. We will, if we say we're going to do it, we're going to do it. But all of us, no matter how much we desire to keep our word, will have circumstances that might keep us from do, keeping our word. God will never have a circumstance that keeps him from keeping his word. And I say, thank you, God. He says we're going to heaven. There is nothing that will keep us from going to heaven when we're his children because he said we're going to do it because of Jesus' death. Jesus died on the cross for us. What a beautiful word that he has. And he says, now I'm going to bring you into my kingdom.
I'm going to change you from the inside out because I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come in. He's going to encircle your flesh, and he's going to change your flesh and crucify it and make it into something different. You know, we, we know what it means to, to submerge and change something. If you've ever made pickles, you submerge veg- vegetables into vinegar. What happens to make that thing a pickle? One thing, it stays in the vinegar. Right? It doesn't jump out of the vinegar. What makes us perfect in God? We stay in the Holy Spirit. He submerges us in there. Not like our baptism, we'll, we'll let the people up when we baptize them here. <laughs> no. But when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he submerges us and keeps us there. Why? Because he wants us dead. He wants our flesh dead. So he keeps us submerged in the Holy Spirit to kill our flesh. It just takes a long time for it to happen. But you know, the great news is, is the more we get crucified, the more we become like him, the more people desire what we have. You know, I don't know how many of you have ever had somebody ask you, you know, why are you so happy, why are you so joyful when, when you look at you and everything's going wrong? And I love that question. When I'm out of the prison, I love the prisoners to ask me why, why there's a smile on my face, why I'm, having, you know, why, why, why I'm happy. Because you know what? They just opened the door for me to tell them all about Jesus. And once they ask the question, I can tell them anything. I can't tell them up front. I can't go to everybody and tell them about Jesus. But as soon as they ask a question, I have free reign to tell them whatever I want. You know, and it's the same for each one of us. If you work and you, 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 in your work, you may not be able to evangelize on work, but if somebody asks you, you know, tell them. They open the door. You've got freedom to tell them at that point. So what is baptism? Baptism is that outward expression of an inward change. What is that change? The Holy Spirit coming into my life and changing who I am. And then I outwardly express that to the world through baptism. Keep that in mind. If you've been baptized in the past, look at it and go, why did you get baptized? Some people got baptized because that's what they were told to do. There are a lot of Baptist churches that believe that once you get saved, you must be baptized and not have a baptism the day, you, day, you, day that you're saved, even though you have no idea what you're doing. I can't do that, because in the Bible, they, they would talk about knowing what they were doing. The Ethiopian eunuch asked, asked him and says, here is water which keeps me from being baptized. Why did he ask that question? Because he was a Jew. <laughs> he already knew the part of it was, I'm changing my belief side, I need to be baptized. Keep in mind, why are we baptizing? Know why you got baptized and go forward from there. But the most important thing on this is the first step is we must be saved before we're baptized. We must have the Holy Spirit living in us to be baptized because it's not going to get us into heaven. It's not going to forgive us of our sins. It's nothing but showing what has already happened on our inside. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity we have to come forward, Lord. If there's anybody that's listening on the Internet that doesn't know you, Lord, or even in this room that doesn't really know you, Lord, that they would choose today to get to know you. We ask you to just come into their hearts and, Lord, just have them say the simple prayer, Lord, I am a sinner. Come into my life and save me. I accept your gift of salvation. And then let them express that. Let them share with other Christians that they are that they are saved. Let them send an email or communicate with us to let us know so we can help them get started. And we just thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. Listening friends, where will you be when you die? 
We ask this question of a lot of people oftentimes, and the biggest answer we'll get is, I hope I will be in heaven. If hope is your answer, you don't know God, and this is a problem. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you do not know for sure that you're going to go into heaven, please, today, make your decision to follow him. It is simply just ask him, Lord, I am a sinner. Please come into my life and save me and make him your Lord. If you've said that prayer, let us know so that we can send you a new believers packet. You can contact us at office at chloridebaptistchurch.com or even pastor at chloridebaptistchurch.com. Or you can just send us a regular letter at Chloride Baptist Church, P.O. Box 65, Chloride, Arizona, 86431. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.